Welcome to the Salty Club Interviews. I'm your host, Caitlin Creeper, and I'm here today with Sasha Laurie. Sasha Laurie is the founder and CEO of BBXX, a digital platform for intimacy and well-being. She is also the host of the BBXX podcast, Let's Get Intimate, which hosts provocative and entertaining conversations with experts in order to challenge the way our culture conditions us to talk about sex, intimacy and healthy relationships. BBXX was created in order to help people better understand themselves so that they then can form deeper and more fulfilling relationships with others. We can try it, and then if not, we can try the other thing. All right. Can you hear me? All right. Okay, so shifting gears a bit. So the three pillars of BBXX are sexuality, intimacy, and communication, right? Mm. Can you talk to me a bit about why these pillars are so important and how they intersect? Yeah, so my journey with BBXX and kind of developing BBXX has really reflected my own in a huge way and so going back to you know that cookbook and that um kind of (laughs) aha clitoris moment and all of that stuff that kind of journey through sexuality is kind of where it began but it goes so much deeper than that it goes so much you know farther beyond that and so I think that while a lot of people come to BBXX curious about sexuality, wanting to learn about that, or thinking that, you know, that's where their issues lie, uh, we really just use sexuality as a tool to secretly teach people about communication and about intimacy and connection. Uh, And those are so much bigger and so much more impactful and so I think using you know sex or sexuality as a tool to you know practice talking about things that are difficult or recognizing what you want and need and how to tell the other person that or exploring different things that helps you on a journey and applies to so many other things you know beyond sex beyond a romantic relationship you know beyond any small limited space of your life that is that and so we for me kind of intimacy represents you know that connection which is so much broader and bigger and connection is really what what feeds us and what kind of creates the meaning in life whether it's you know connecting or you know experiencing intimacy with a stranger in a short conversation but you know with a a great joke or connecting on a deeper level and asking a a curious you know more profound question whether it's you know intimacy with you know somebody we met out and maybe spend one night with but again getting to know and really exploring with them and holding space for curiosity um I think that 
we try and take people on that same journey to realizing that and to realizing that while they're, they might be curious about sexuality, the things that are really going to bring them value and make actual lasting change are, you know, communication and, and intimacy. And that also mm. is what creates the basis for good sex. You know, <laughs> sex is just like good, bad sex is just a result. It's a result of the connection. Hold on. Sorry. I have to... <laughs> I really bad allergies. Um, good sex is um, is a result of your connection with somebody. You know, if you have a good deep connection, then you're probably going to have good sex, or at least you know be able to get there by talking about it and these other things. Um, you know, bad connection leads to bad or no sex, and so when people come trying to treat you know, because they're curious about fixing what is a symptom. What's more important is getting down to these root causes and understanding that these are what build the foundation of a good relationship, you know, communication, intimacy, and what kind of that creates is that connection. Um, that is what builds the foundation of a lasting relationship, be it with a family member, a coworker, a friend, or a partner. And that is also what creates, you know, the recipe for, for, for good sex. And so people need to maybe try and, again, change the way they're thinking and trying to treat symptoms and really trying to get down to the deeper, more important and, and more um, powerful in creating change, those things. Mm, because so much focus in our culture is on the performative aspect and kind of on the end result or the logistics to get there like do this and this will feel good for this partner or yeah which is impossible because everybody's so different yeah and so I think it's funny I love this quote um I can't remember his name but uh he's a great researcher McCarthy maybe uh he was asked you know how important is sex in a relationship and he said, when it's good, 15%. When it's bad, 70%. And I just wow. think that's so true because, again, it's the result of other things. And, yes, for some people, it's probably, you know, 0 to 5%. For some people, you know, in healthy relationships, maybe it's, you know, 20%. Um, but it's the other things that create those circumstances for those percentages. And those are the things that matter and that you need to work on, uh, because that creates the space for that. And, you know, if people think that sex is so, so important, it's oftentimes if it's an issue because sex can easily problems in that area can easily break a relationship, but that on its own cannot make any relationship, you know, any lasting relationship mm. cannot, if if what you have, if 50% of your relationship is like, you know, good, great sex, but you know, you know, that's the majority of it. I don't know. You probably don't have enough to, to build on top of, or you have things that overlap mm -hmm. with other areas. And so you, if you go and think about, okay, but what is it that creates that great sex? It's curiosity. It's humor. It's, 
vulnerability, you know, it's not the sex. It's the things that create um, the circumstances. And so... So what is yeah. the... Sorry, sorry. Didn't no, no, go for it. What are some ways we can start to focus more on that curiosity and that vulnerability and how, what are some ways we can bring that into our relationships? Yeah, it was interesting. I was talking with one of my guy friends um, the other day and somebody said something, I think, I don't know if he was quoting somebody or something and said, use the expression great sex. And so I said, you know, well, what is your definition of great sex? And he said something, he had a fantastic answer that was something similar to what, you know, I just mentioned about just being curious, you know, maybe even having something actually, you know, go wrong or be awkward because there is no awkward, you know, having those moments where you're laughing or um, just exploring and it was all about the circumstances. His answer in no way actually mentioned an end result. And so I think because that end result is, you know, easier versus more difficult for, for so many different people and even within genders, you know, even within men, for some people much more difficult, much easier, same for women. Um, that's kind of where it's important not to focus on the end result, but to focus on the circumstances that create it. Um, and so I think mm -hmm. that ways, the question is ways to, to not focus on the end result. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that people, um, I think curiosity is, yeah, the most important thing. And that can be curiosity about oneself and, you know, why am I desiring the things I'm desiring or why am I thinking the things I'm thinking, you know, why is maybe somebody in their head or not, um, or why does something feel good? And then, you know, follow that line of thought. But I think curiosity to learn about yourself, about the other person, about how you guys work together is extremely important. I think also caring less is the most important thing. I think people really just psych themselves up on expectations or on, on you know, execution or results that you become too invested. I think sex needs to be more fun and, and we need to care a bit less. Obviously have responsible mm -hmm. sex. Um, but I think we need to care less in the sense of like degaff, you know, about maybe it's the way mm -hmm. you look and that's what's in your head or, you know, maybe it's about something going on at work or da da da. Um, so to try and care less and, and in that way quiet kind of the noise going on um, and really yeah connection and so I think you know whether that for people is deep conversation or teasing and doing things leading up to it or whether that is you know connection connecting out of the bedroom and in order to connect within the bedroom and, you know, like trying something new, uh, in the gym or in a cooking class or elsewhere. So that gives you practice for trying something new in the bedroom and the communicational skills to navigate when you don't know what you're doing. Stuff like that is important. And, mm -hmm. uh, another great quote 
and I think this is probably Esther Perel, uh, who says that, you know, foreplay begins after the last time, you know, and maybe it's not intercourse or something, the last time you have sex or the last time you, um, you know, have sex in the sense of whatever it may be. Foreplay starts right after that. Mm. You know, it's every uh, question, curiosity, tease, favor, you know, whatever, picking up groceries or whatever, small things, you know, foreplay can be anything. And it's a constant, you know, mm. maybe you're having sex a week later, a month later, um, you know, or a day later, but foreplay isn't the two minutes leading up to it or like, you know, an hour even. No, it's, it's all the, you know, anything else, whether it's in person or virtually, it's that kind of the, the love maps, all of that. Um, or, you know, even if it's with somebody you don't know that well, it's, it's just kind of still connecting through conversation or, or curious about who they are or learning, you know, what they want and like outside of the bedroom as well in order to better understand, you know, them as a person and how to connect with them, whether you have your clothes on or not. Right. And it's so interesting too, because in terms of curiosity, if you're communicating with a partner, like when you just assume you know why they did something and you're in an argument or a conflict and you go, oh, you just did this because that is a completely different outcome than saying, why did you do that? And trying to understand like, what made you do that? And usually the answer is nothing that you thought you knew. So it's like yeah. having that curiosity about your partner in every aspect. Because maybe they didn't even realize they did it, you know? Um, and I think that, again, yeah. is curiosity. And I think especially in arguments or tension or tough topics, they are best approached from a point of curiosity. You know, trying to learn as much as you can about the situation, about the person, about what they were thinking or why they did something, that is kind of the only way you can even try and understand it and then from there go about trying to navigate it. But if you're going in, you know, without even having a lay of the land and really an understanding mm -hmm or a map to guide you, you know, you're going to just end up stranded in the desert or making weird conclusions <laughs> to, you know, make an escape or, um, you're really not setting yourself up for actually being able to learn and grow as a result of that. And especially if we're talking mm -hmm. about kind of tension or arguments, the whole point of them and they can actually be extremely beneficial for relationships if we treat them correctly and if we use them as opportunities to learn and better understand and to grow as a result and to become closer through that growth together versus you know as contention points where you know we're just kind of uh, you know, like bumper cars going up against each other and then trying to go, go back to being parallel versus kind of coming together and, and kind of, you know, crossing, you know, those, those roots and, and becoming kind of holding that space and each other so that then we can kind of go on and move on from that together and actually leave it behind versus carry it, carry it with us. Yeah. And it's kind of 
I feel like it's a sexier way to approach it too because you're not just pretending that you and this person are one homogenous person who think, breathe and feel the same. It's almost sexier to, in every time you approach these conversations to acknowledge the separateness and acknowledge that your partner is still like so much of a mystery and there's still so much to learn and that they're evolving all the time Mm -hmm. and to not assume that you know them and to approach them with that curiosity, it's also just really sexy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about um, specifically with partners because I do think that that point about arguing is also extremely valid for 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 friendships or not even arguing but you know talking things out like literally nothing ever truly progressed without talking about it and talking about things in the right way can not make them worse maybe talking about something and truly facing issues might lead to the end of a relationship but that most likely will still be for the better, you know, that will still be improving Mm. things than staying in that state. So talking about things is just so important and sometimes it's painful. We don't want to do it. We're dreading it, but it's cathartic. And if done in the right way is always, you know, beneficial. And so in terms of though that, Mm -hmm. yeah, that mystery that, um, Exactly. I think that journey and that, that curiosity and that knowing that you don't know, uh, in a way can, can be cool and can kind of like light a little fire of passion in terms of like, how much more can I possibly learn about this person? Or, you know, what, uh, funny questions can I ask them or weird, like things can I do or, you know, places can I kiss them or something like that? Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we never even know ourselves beyond you know a certain point I think a lot of us I a close friend of mine recently got engaged but they've been together for 10 years without a break without anything they're an amazing couple I love them she just simply was never interested in getting married it was not on her priority list and she didn't want to get married because they met very young until she felt like she had a better grasp on who she was. She wasn't ready to become, as she told me, a we before she had a more <laughs> deeper understanding of I. And I thought that was really mm. incredible because I think a lot of people get into relationships or stay in them because they are looking for I through we. If that makes sense. They're kind of mm. looking for who they are through somebody else versus vice versa. And... Definitely. So, you know, I asked her, you know, what percentage of the way, you know, do you think you are? And we were joking that, you know, maybe when we're younger, whatever, we think we're really, we're at like 10%, you know, 20%. And, you know, maybe at some point in life you can get to, you know, maybe 70. I don't, I don't know how high you could go, but I feel like if you get past that, you're not really challenging yourself and you're not really growing and we should be dynamic and kind of as we change, you know, we have to continue to explore who we are. And so for that reason, Mm. you're never going to get to a hundred percent or probably even close. Um, and so we need to recognize it's that way with our partner as well. And they are also these humans that are growing and constantly changing Mm. and having new experiences that we aren't there for. And so that curiosity again, in and out of the bedroom and those love maps and all of that, um, are so important. And, you know, 
it's constantly accepted that, you know, our taste in clothing or in food or, you know, in, in even like who our closest friends are, stuff like that, that changes all the time. Everybody knows that. But why when you like, you know, start wearing different clothing or I mean, we every season, let alone every year or whatever, why aren't we doing just as much you know, to recognize that that's easily the way it could be in other circumstances or in the bedroom or, you know, in terms of what we need from a partner, um, in life as emotional support, you know, all of these Mm -hmm. things can, can change so much as we change. And so that curiosity is really kind of our, if we're on like a little rowboat, it's our, it's our paddle. Otherwise we're just going to sit there. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think because I've been away from my partner for two months now and for sure I miss him, but it's also been incredible to kind of have that time with myself, but also get back to just communicating with him a little bit each day. And then like, I'll come back and we'll have so much to talk about. And we talk a lot about how we could make this a kind of our setup and not be together a hundred percent of the time and have that going away and coming back and kind of that those shifting seasons I think there's a lot to be said for that yeah and I think whether it's in a literal or a figurative way that sometimes space can you know strengthen things in terms of helping you look at it differently or have new questions to ask um Mm. and allowing us to be more present um and so I think that yeah especially distance or even with different schedules in in person that distance in the metaphorical sense can become really hard and is really kind of pervasive where when you're in different places, Mm -hmm. that metaphorical distance can almost create closeness in a way where you, because of the circumstances of not being in person, when you do have that one chance to connect, it feels really special and you go deeper, you know, you make games out of it and to ask each other throughout the day or, you know, get creative, you know, with like, sexy text messages and stuff like that and you know Uh you start the foreplay for the whole two months before you see each other but that creates a space and like a kind of game like playful mentality and opportunity in a way that I think is harder in person you know for example if you're both really busy and you're both really tired and coming home and da 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 Um, and so yeah I think that sometimes metaphorical Uh, or literal space can kind of create opportunity for connection whether we take the opportunity or not is very different and obviously depends person to person Um, but I certainly know people who who do thrive on having a bit of that that space and that kind of full reign over their time and energy uh, whilst being able to maintain you know that remote deep connection and support to their partner um, in a way that they can't balance as well in in person all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Shifting gears a little bit, I wanted to talk about your view on jealousy in relationships. I'm curious, in your opinion, is jealousy something unhealthy that we should be trying to eliminate? Is it bad or is it something we should work on by ourselves or is it something we work on with our partners? What's your view on jealousy and romantic relationships? So I think that, um, 
eliminating it? I don't know if that's <laughs> possible because I think that that would kind of imply trying to ignore it. A lot of I think for a lot of people mm -hmm. trying to eliminate it would mean they would be trying to ignore it. And so I think that's definitely not a, a good idea nor the way to go about it. Um, I think that there are different levels and there are different kinds. And so again, to so jealousy and envy are actually two different um, emotions. And so envy is kind of wanting something that someone else has that you don't so envious of you know somebody on social media or the job they have or the opportunity or the boyfriend or blah 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 whereas jealousy is not wanting somebody else to have what you have and so that would be Ooh. you know if your partner has a friend or comes into the picture and there's like tension in that way or so they're different yeah and I think even just recognizing that for a lot of people and reflecting on that and thinking okay what are things maybe I'm envious of versus you know where does jealousy come into play in my life can be a very interesting exercise yeah. that can help us learn a lot um and so I think that a lot of experts are of the opinion that jealousy to a certain degree is healthy you know, if we have a healthy relationship with our partner and, you know, enjoy what we have and, you know, not wanting other people to, uh, you know, have that obviously makes sense. Um, and they think it can kind of feed your commitment or, or push you more to, to, you know, put more into the relationship versus if you just become complacent and are never, you know, feel like, the relationship is never threatened, not even by another person I'm talking about, but by like any circumstances and just, I can sit here and be a passive participant in my relationship and it'll be great. No, you have to work at relationships mm -hmm. and maintain them and that curiosity and everything we've been talking about. And so it's part of realizing that your relationship isn't stagnant and isn't necessarily permanent, you know, um, as Esther Prell says, your partner's on lease and I like to remind people that your life is on lease and that life is not permanent and we really need to I love that take advantage of it and the opportunities and the same goes with our partner you know if they're on lease and actually just the other day my brother this is my brother who knows like everything about anything in the news was telling me I need to research this because I haven't confirmed it but that Germany, I believe it was, had like lightly discussed the possibility of having marriage contracts be for four years and then they're up for like renegotiation or renewal, which I honestly think is epic. I, I just think that's honestly, amazing. yeah, I've heard that um, as well. And, and I've, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so realizing that, you know, maybe we should, even if that's not something that actually happens. And obviously, you know, not jumping into things or getting married just because, you know, you can or whatever, you know, it'll end. But um, but knowing that things change, we change, circumstances change. 
uh, and we need to change and grow along with them. And so, you know, looking at your partner as being no guarantee and somebody that, you know, you need to constantly connect with or, you know, work at it in a fun way that should not feel like work in any way. Um, And so I think that uh, if you're actually in that headspace and that mentality and living that out in your relationship, that there's much less kind of jealousy that will come about. Cause I think jealousy comes maybe when you're, you're disconnected and, you know, where there's lack of trust or, you know, certain things that, you know, are new and unfamiliar to you that are threatening because you don't know your partner's love map. Um, and so I think jealousy can come into play in, in ways like that, that can easily be, um, you know, not avoided in the sense of ignoring them, but like, just wouldn't be there if you are, you know, treating your relationship in that way. And then I think that it can be healthy also too, in a, in a fun way, that same, uh, friend who I mentioned who, who recently got engaged, uh, they've been together for a really long time and, uh, they, you know, she said that as a fun question, you know, they will sometimes ask, you know, like if we didn't end up together, what kind of person do you think you would have been with? Or, you know, who do you think you'd be, what would you be looking for in a partner? That kind of stuff. Or another, um, couple, who's close friends of mine, they, you know, when they go out, they kind of love pointing out, you know, who's checking out who, or, you know, talking about like, oh, why is that person attractive or why not? Or if the other person is, you know, being flirted with, there's no threat. It's almost that kind of like, you know, yeah, I know my partner's amazing, but I feel secure enough and confident enough in our relationship that, you know, I'm not threatened by those other people, or maybe I enjoy their shared admiration for this great person that I'm with. Um, and obviously Mm -hmm. if anybody ever felt uncomfortable, they could say something immediately and there would be no issue and no one would intend to, nor ever actually, you know, make the other person uncomfortable. They're small, tiny things, but they're things that threaten other people who aren't as secure in their relationships and that grow into big things that represent much more than that small fleeting admiration of a person that that your partner has no interest in nor will ever see again so I think that jealousy Mm -hmm. can have roots in things that need to kind of be examined in a deeper way um, because mm. again, they can be, uh, a result of something rather than the root as we were talking about before with sex. And so in that way, I think it can be important, um, and reflect kind of the, the health and the state and the security of the relationship itself. Um, but I do think that in that way, it can also be something kind of navigated together because no one can understand what makes one person versus the other jealous. You know, what maybe threatens me might be totally different than every other friend I have and, you know, totally different than my partner. Um, And so I think it's important on our own to try and understand that, but also with the other person so that they can share in that perspective because otherwise they can't understand where you're coming from. Mm, that's so true and I think that's so true yeah and I think that's so true when you 
do feel like the relationship is dynamic and you do feel like you are putting in the effort and you're both putting in the effort and it feels dynamic and alive and curious and open, there is less of that fear and rigidity towards, well, for lack of a better term, threats or perceived threats because you're not seeing these things as threats. You're kind of open and curious more than just closed and rigid and wanting everything to stay exactly the same. Yeah, and I remember Hmm. when I once put up a question on the BBXX social media and I asked, is being comfortable, and I might have said in a relationship, you know, is being comfortable a good or a bad Mm. thing? And in my head, when I Mm -hmm. asked it, I was thinking of it in a totally different way than when people responded. Everybody said a good thing, but then a couple people did say it was a bad thing. And then a couple people messaged me about their answers and I asked back and through some really, really interesting conversations, what uh, one of our followers helped me learn is to recognize kind of when comfortable to the extent that I was thinking of it as where, you know, you're no longer growing, you're no longer being challenged, uh, can be referred to as kind of complacent. And so when does comfortable become complacent? And like you were saying about, Mm. you know, dynamicy, what word am I using? Um, Dynamism? (laughs) Dynamicy. Um, (laughs) You know, maintaining a dynamic relationship and, and all of that. Uh, I think, you know, yes, we need to be comfortable in relationships, but not too comfortable in the sense where we lose that curiosity or we lose that spark or, you know, that awareness of where they're at or the other things that are happening. And so I think that, yeah, complacency in terms of being satisfied with the status quo is never good. And, um, yeah, that navigating that together and recognizing you know, that you guys are both dynamic uh, in your own relationship and also in your relationship with other people, um, you know, with work, with family, uh, with, you know, your hobbies and all of that is extremely important. Hmm. And again, it's about, you know, sharing what your priorities and values are because it's harder to be jealous, you know, when somebody's very clear about why they're spending their time in the way that they are or you know on that project at work for right now or focused on a relationship with a friend who's going through something really tough or da 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 uh that kind of you know understanding sharing so that the other person can understand your perspective is is key Mm -hmm. and I think jealousy can come from a Mm -hmm. lot of different places besides just you know about other people it's, you know, their time, and, their attention, and their energy, uh, you know, and it's not always a person getting that. You know, maybe it's a, a project, um, you know, stuff like that, a hobby. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I love it. I'm just sitting with that for a minute <laughs> and just letting that sink in. <laughs> hmm. I'm just here in my fort. In my cozy fort, definitely yeah. some people walked by and were like admiring my pillow fort. <laughs> <laughs> they love your setup. 
they're just going to see you returning all the pillows and be like, what happened in there? <laughs> I know I have another <laughs> interview later, but not for a few more hours. But I'm like, I might just leave them all here and just. Yeah, like, you're okay. Yeah. Got, got yeah. I'm holding down the fort <laughs> for the day. Literally, <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, Sasha, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you so much for giving it so much thought and time and energy and just answering every question so thoughtfully. And like, yeah, just really thank you so much for this. I loved it. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I look forward to continuing the conversation. That was part two of my two-part interview with Sasha Laurie. If you haven't heard part one, you can find it in the empowerment section. For more of BBXX and Sasha, you can check out their Instagram, bbxx.world, or their website, www.bbxx.world. If you have any questions, feedback, comments, you can always message us at uh, the Salty Club Instagram, which is the salty.club. Or you can email us at hello at the salty dot club. Thanks for listening.